At least Malwarebytes has opened up so I can install the update. Yeah, thanks, Malwarebytes. <laughs> thanks, guy. I'm Dustin. I'm Sylvia. I'm James. I'm Bob. And this is... Movies, movies Against, against time. time. You ruined Schindler's List! All Jackie Chan movies! Boogie Nights! Take Mama's house! It even turned out better. And this week was Bob's pick. Bob, what movie did we all just have to watch? Wait, you didn't? If you don't know what movie it is, what'd you watch? I usually don't watch it. I wait till you guys tell me in the beginning of the episode, and I just remember because I'm that good at movies. Me and Bob were discussing oh, it earlier, dang. and I think Cameron Diaz did a great job in this movie. Ben Stiller was on point, too. But Yep. Uh, yeah. The Honorable Judge Ryan Holt was awesome as oh, yeah. philanthropist John McHenry. All right, so the movie was Fifth Element. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing they just said was correct in any way, shape, or form. Okay, I felt like I lost completely track of what we were doing. <laughs> He did He did literally mention a scene from something about Mary when I came here. Yeah. He was talking to me, and I almost believed him. And I was like, oh, Bob's, Bob's messing with me. How'd you get the beans above Frank? <laughs> <laughs> the Frank's above the beans, honey! <laughs> All right, Bob, tell us about the fifth element. What, what does it mean to you? <laughs> How did it make you feel? Yeah. In five words or less, please. <laughs> I was greatly entertained. I did not count that. It was I, four. Like this, I like four. this movie. Yeah. Dude. It was it was very fun to watch. Beginning to end. There's always something going on. I I don't think I've ever actually watched the whole thing all the way through. No? Really? Yeah. Huh. Shame on you. I went to a buddy's house. Well, no. I went to my Uncle Rob's buddy's house where he lived with his wife. Together in the same house. That's weird. Yeah. So already I was in a weird place. <laughs> but no, he was showing us his projector in his basement. This was like maybe 15 years ago. But his wife was so weird. Like, I hope they don't listen. Because <laughs> she's just like, we just met her. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I used to dress up as a boy in high school so I could be on the football team. And I was the quarterback. Oh. And like, that's just a lie. You've just <laughs> lied to us. I don't believe you. Because life is real life. Yeah, I was like, yeah. co-ed showers, but I don't, still don't think that's possible. Yeah, or she's just really crazy. And then, like, that story ends, and I find out we're staying the night. <laughs> and then it's like, hey, let's watch Fifth Element on this projector. And I'm like, okay. And, and so I couldn't watch Fifth Element. I'm <laughs> freaking the fuck out. I'm stuck in this house with this lady. Too busy looking over your shoulder. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> trust her. So I didn't pay attention to a lot of it. Still, shame on you. Yeah, I, I was movie. missing out. That's a hard one not to pay attention to. It always keeps my interest every time it's on the TV. I was watching for some kind of attack. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, anytime I'm flipping channels and see this movie on, I'll like always stop and finish watching it. It does so, fall uh, under that category, doesn't it? Because yeah. there's only so few movies in history that if you see on regular TV that has commercials, if, if those viewers out you know, listeners out there actually understand that there was a time. Even knowing there's a commercial. Yeah, there. a commercial <laughs> happened in between movies and television on an actually actual TV set. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy, right? I don't know. Hulu's pissing me off pretty bad <laughs> with that because they're making you pay, and I have to sit through these stupid like little commercials. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe people are familiar with it. 
<laughs> it is one of those movies, though, that you can suffer through commercials to watch because it's just that enjoyable. It's almost filmed in a way to have commercial breaks. Yeah. Some of those cuts are set up perfectly for commercial breaks. And that's yeah. pretty hard to accomplish. Yeah. Because when you pause a movie, do you really <clears throat> want to go back and watch it after a bathroom break, grabbing a snack? Do, do you really feel no. like you, you want to get back into the, the movie and wherever you paused it? Are nope. you interested? <laughs> but it does have a good flow, though. I it mean, does. There's not a lot of lulls. The, the biggest problem in, when it comes to lulls is not a problem. It's a beautiful scene. But I just kept falling asleep at the <laughs> same part when the diva sings. Oh, really? Man, that is night-night fuel. <laughs> I don't know. That always keeps my interest. The beginning, because... the beginning of her song. Yeah, is, but once her song gets going, oh, when it, it gets it dope, up. when it's yeah. a banger. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you have all the fighting fighting scenes going up. along with the music. Yeah, that's and everything. Great. That's awesome. If you can make it there, but I always start these movies at night, <laughs> and that's like an hour in. So we're looking at like eleven thirty, and yeah, she just. <laughs> and, and it's beautiful visually. You got the. What is that supposed to be? The London Theater or the, what, what was it there in? It's like a oh, recreation. I yeah, it's a uh, shoot. Which, which in reality, it really is it. the theater. They had to film um, at like two in the morning before before maintenance came in and after the last showing because they actually right. went to the, the real theater. But on the backdrop, like where the stage is, it's it's just open in the spaceship, so you're seeing like some planet floating in the distance. Yeah, you're seeing a beautiful planet scene. Yeah, and however they did it, I don't know if that's. That has to be green screen, right? Yeah. Oh, Matt, yeah. Yeah, and the behind the scenes, it There's was a like a big green screen, screen on yeah. that. There's a lot of model work in this in this one. Right. And the yeah. models are amazing. Talking about that opera scene, though, it was it was pretty cool to learn that that was uh, at the time Luke Besson's wife. Uh huh. Yeah. And apparently, the <laughs> yeah, actress that's... they originally had for it didn't show up uh-huh. or agreed on something else and didn't want to do it. And like the reactions you saw of everybody in the audience, they didn't know that. And they actually got to hear her sing because while a lot of it was post-processed and mixed in a studio because some of it was actually impossible to sing, yeah, she certain, actually certain did. notes and transitions between the notes were impossible for the human voice. But she actually did a lot of what they thought was impossible. So we're seeing like their first reaction to this, right. you know opera going on i thought that was a really cool genuine moment because you kind of saw the actors break their character like they were in amazement yeah you know like like you would see at anybody at a live show do you'd see their the the look on their face just like wow this is this is really damn good and what did she get for her trouble <sighs> seven months later <laughs> <laughs> so luke besson the director and writer of this um he was yeah he was married to i think her name was mywin i wrote it down she's a french actress yeah, I'm not sure the correct pronunciation. I always just saw Maywin. I didn't. Uh, everything I, I read that where were people were referring to her, they just used the name Maywin. Yeah, but uh, seven months later, yeah, he he marries Mila Jovovich. Yeah, yeah, the actress who plays Lilu. Supposedly, <laughs> supposedly they got real close to each other when he was developing Lilu's character's vo- language. Mm-hmm. Cool. It consists of about 400 words, and they both can speak it. And they, she was tasked with that. I always thought she was just doing gobbledygook. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's actually lines. It was a, she's la- a language. Everything she said meant something, really. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. She's amazing in this. Yeah. Yeah. For her first action role, too, she said she yeah. did really good, a real natural that's, at it. Yeah. A weird little fact is it's the fifth element is also 
Chris Tucker and Mila Jovovich fifth movie they've done. Really? really? Yeah. A little bit of number conspiracy there. I like yeah. that. That's that's Black actually pretty cool. <laughs> and Chris Tucker's character, they said, was modeled after a couple of people. Uh, Prince being one of them. Well, it Prince, was written for they Prince. They actually wanted Prince yeah. originally. But he said it was the outfits for Ruby Rod were too feminine. Yeah. yeah. And when you think for of Prince, Prince you're like, yeah, that's no, kind of, something that was ain't my adding reaction. up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the dude wears that every day. <laughs> People say, "Oh, I wonder how much better it would have been if Prince played the role." It wouldn't have Fuck been. That. I did not Chris Tucker stand was him. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now, Chris Tucker he was, was so perfect. over the top, and and for that character, he needed to yeah. be. Yeah, and it's so out of range of what he had been doing. Right. You know, he, his first movie was Smokey. Yeah. And, right. and Friday, and, but for him to go full on turn it and. It, he had said he modeled his character after Michael Jackson, but I think no. he did not. That's not how Michael Jackson walks. <laughs> In talks. his mind, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but he does a really good Michael Jackson impression on stage. Oh, yeah. So I've seen it, yeah. I don't believe him. <laughs> yeah. Tell you who did not do amazing. Who? Can we guess? Who was the the worst? Not the worst actor, but really not doing a great job in this one man who are you thinking oh my god tiny lister the president oh yeah oh, dude. every line he says looks like he's reading it off of a book yeah pretty much Nah, he was straight Debo all the way through it man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is you have no idea okay contact the consulate like he is not even acting yeah. <laughs> I don't think sci-fi was was like his initial. Yeah, no, I think they were idea. going as far as the president ca- president's character goes. I think they were going for something that was just like unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's a funny idea, but I just wish he. It didn't seem like he knew what role he was seeing playing. the president as as this huge bodybuilder wrestler type guy. <laughs> it worked with Terry Crews in in a. What is that? They should have just got Arnold Schwarzenegger doing. It would be fun. Luke Wilson vehicle there. Uh, Idiocracy. That was a vehicle for him. I don't know why I said vehicle. <laughs> you made it seem like it was he, he like was a good. show, but no, <laughs> it, it was. Eddie, I liked Idiocracy. Yeah, Dax Shepard. I like money, <laughs> <laughs> but Terry Crews was the president in that one. I mean, he was the president of the world. Yeah, I, I, I mean, with the long hair, I thought he was hilarious. I in think that. he's a honestly. I don't want to insult Zeus, but. Okay. <laughs> I think he's a better actor. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, come on, just look he at his greatest look, Debo, look, though. He's great in those those Old Spice commercials. <laughs> oh, Terry Crews, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry Crews was not in the film, by the way, for everyone. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, no. <laughs> but, but he played the president. I don't know. He's just like a huge muscle bound freak. <laughs> he played the president. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, there is one character I want to talk about that just won the film over for me, and that was Sweetie. That was Corbin's cat. Oh. <laughs> I had a problem awesome. with that cat. What did you have a problem with? What? Just the the design of the building, the logistics, the fact that this cat's just out in this spaceship crate storage unit looking apartment complex. What's he doing out there? There's no grass. Yeah. Why can't he stay in there with him? Cats no are not indigenous to, to grass, sir. Nobody wants to smell that nasty kitty cat litter if they could get him to go poop somewhere else. Where is he pooping? Does it matter as long as it's not in your little apartment? He's literally locked out of the apartment until he wakes up and lets him in. Why even have a cat? Because he keeps him company because he has no female attention. Keeps away the alien mice. 
But that was also our introduction to Ruby Rod. And you saw the cat's reaction to the commercial. Yeah, that those and eyes. That one that won it over for me. That was like, oh, this is this is really great. Yeah. <laughs> I think Picasso's a better pet. Wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You fail. That Zorg's like he was gonna mini that, elephant thing. He was gonna let that guy yeah. die and stare in his eyes while he did it. <laughs> what are you gonna do? He's adorable. <laughs> we never got any context as to why there was that creature. It's I felt like you're watching the Flintstones when I saw that Because he's wearing it later on in the movie. He's got it like around his, his shoulder. So wait, what did you guys think of Gary Oldman? He's good. He's yeah. good. He's be, he's playing like a crazy character, but I think he's overshadowed by how crazy Chris Tucker is. Yeah. <laughs> like the effect they were going for with him. He was supposed to be like this out there character, but Chris Tucker just dominates that. Yeah. No <laughs> one's going bigger than Tucker. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> This movie definitely broke a lot of conventions, didn't it? In the in the good versus evil arc. What what was that stuff leaking from their heads? Barbecue sauce. Because it wasn't it didn't resemble blood. No. I thought it was barbecue sauce myself. Especially they're, the they're second like time. communicating with this deadly yeah, evil Mr. Shadow being that's coming to destroy the planet. And and the two people that you see actually communicate with it have this black ooze coming out of their skulls. Yeah. I felt Which, like it was blood. I mean, initially, I thought that's what it was meant to be, but it, it looks like like just brown grease. Maybe yeah, brain and there's <laughs> no wound. Yeah. No wound. There was no sign that I they were suffering any kind that. of head trauma. <laughs> if they were just going to leave it a mystery like that, that's fine if they die when it happens, but don't then have a close-up of Oldman's face showing that there's no wound and he's wiping it away and it's brown. Yeah. Because it seems like you're pouring A1. If I mean, if it was <laughs> supposed to be blood, make it look like blood. Yeah. <laughs> or have it come from his ears or eyes or something. Yeah. <laughs> I that, was, that, was, that was one of the confusing moments for me in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I, like that one. I took it more as that, like, the, the alien's putting pressure on his mind and he's like pushing out some of the brain matter from Ooh. his pores. That's how I took oh, it in my head. from the pores. Oh, yeah, man. from your pores to your skin. Because everybody knows you have more open, like, open vessels on your body than any other creature because you sweat. Sweat glands. So yeah. that's how I always took it. But it was coming out well, of that's mine. Morbid. I'm a morbid person. No matter though, how but... stressed I've ever been, I've never sweat black ooze. No, but you never had an alien <laughs> putting that pressure on your mind to make it happen. Yeah. How impressive is it that Besson wrote started writing this at sixteen? Yeah. A sixteen. Yeah, well, he year was old originally writing it as a book. Yeah, and it's got—I mean—the world building's there. Years, years later, it became a movie. But yeah, in an interview, I, I watched an interview between him and an American critic that came to visit him in France, and he made it sound really sad because he lived in a town that was. Not very large. There wasn't a lot going on, so he was alone a lot of the time, which is where he came up with drawing everything he did for what would become the fifth element. This fantasy world he created to fight through the loneliness that he was facing in that town Yeah, before he actually moved back to Paris. It's an awesome, awesome story for just one person to write. Like It's yeah. on the level. You think about Star Wars because it's like a space, but of course this wasn't a trilogy. Right. And I feel like it could have been. It I mean, technically, it was supposed to be. If they decided to, they really could have had some sequels to this. He, I think they still should. Yeah, yeah. With the same actors. Yeah, because be Mila great. Jovovich don't age. No, no, yeah. 
and and but Willis could be an an older version of his character. He was never like a kung fu guy. Yeah. We don't have to watch him try to throw punches and kicks real hard. He just has to shoot guns. Yeah, and he can still <laughs> jump off of things and t- and take hits. And yeah, still I mean, yeah. Look, look, at the, look at the red movie. He was in those. <laughs> he just got stuff. a smolt. I love it. The, <laughs> I mean, we gloss over some of the beginning stuff when the cat comes in, but did it annoy anybody else? The character Finger, the what? The guy who just calls to go over exposition every time. Oh, <laughs> he, he gets that phone call first thing in the morning. It's like, hey man, it's just your boy exposition here. <laughs> uh, oh, you you left your wife and you left the military because you lost your wife and all that. The whole thing just stacked in this weird seven minute phone call that he's yeah. having. Imagine having that conversation in the morning first thing. <laughs> That'd be so unpleasant. That yeah. wouldn't be the way I'd want to start my day is talking about my divorce and yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know the the war career. I, Military career I didn't like in the first place. <laughs> the guy's just exposition. <laughs> and he comes back later, still only over the phone. We never meet the guy. Yeah. We but never yeah. meet his mother either, but we don't need to. Oh my god. Boy, was she <laughs> was she charming? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Talking to the president. Oh man. Yeah. She's she got my line of the night. I wrote down I I wanted to pick a quote because at the end of this every episode we like we want to drop a quote when the music's playing. But we're trying to think of it on the spot. And it's like impossible. So I just picked one this time, yeah. oh and it's her. She she got it. <laughs> um. Oh, what about the cigarettes? Yeah, they were so how weird. unsatisfying do they look? I thought he was lighting the wrong end at first. I thought so <laughs> yeah. too through the whole film. And I was having like a mini panic attack because I've done that. <laughs> and that sucks. Yeah, it's like eighty percent filter. <laughs> I loved uh, the guy that tries to mug him. Yeah, he has the hat that has just a picture of the outside the of his background door. of the hallway. <laughs> yeah. I love that dance he did at the end. I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> it almost felt like the editor should have cut a little earlier than that. No, I loved it. It needed to stay. It just showed how tweaked he was. Even Bruce Willis kind of smirked when he danced. He played his character so weird, even before he lost control, when he still was holding the gun to his head. He's just give me the cash. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you? What? He was tweaking. <laughs> I want to say me. there was improv too. He he might have forgot his line for a second yeah. and just drew it out. I guess he's a French director. He's not really an actor. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's just like a friend of the directors. <clears throat> you know, on Luke Besson as a whole, he really did get a lot of friends in on the project to just help him because apparently before he made waves in popular films, it was very tough for a French filmmaker to do anything that was borderline action based. Like, the government usually granted people filmmaking funds. He never got that help or anything. And he always had to... He said he went through a phone book and just called people that were the richest in the phone book and said, hey, if you donate $10,000 to the film project, you can have a person of your choice in the film. (laughs) Or, you know, incentives like that. Yeah. That's cool. And he did that for so many years, but... When Fifth Element became such a success, it apparently opened up for independent filmmaking to have the allowances to do the things that he did. Something that was beyond the norm of what the French government would, you know, give funds for. Right. So he actually kind of pioneered something in in filmmaking in the '90s in France. There, that I thought that was a really cool thing he was talking about because he he didn't know that the Fifth Element was actually going to open doors for himself or others. It's it's a monumental movie, and it's one that's not talked about enough, I don't think. No. no. It kind of slipped through the cracks in a weird way. Like, I know yeah. it was a big movie, but like you said, a, a kid you were talking to. Yeah, I was talking to somebody at my job, and he uh, 
I was telling him about the show that we do, you know, reviewing movies and, and such, and he asked me what one we were doing next, and I said the fifth element. And he kind of looked at me puzzled for a second, and he's like, well, what's that? <laughs> and I, it, like, blew my mind that he'd never heard of this movie. Yeah. It completely flipped me out. I told him, you have to watch this movie. He's like, well, I'll, you know, I'll take a look at it if I get some time. I said, no, you're going to make time, <laughs> and you need to watch this movie. <laughs> we haven't talked about Bruce Willis's performance in it a lot, and it, it's weird. Like, I almost feel like he didn't need to be there. Really? Yes. So There's so much that. movie in here. That he seems like a placeholder. Like there was, a, I guess, uh, best and second choice if he couldn't get Bruce was going to be Mel Gibson. I heard that, yeah. And that's the only other casting idea I've heard for this that Mel I Gibson feel like it could be. As he, good. I think he asked Mel Gibson before Bruce Willis. No, 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 no. He asked Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis's price was too high. Like what? What his pay for to do a movie was was too high. Okay. And then he tried to talk to Mel Gibson, and Mel Gibson just kept toying with him. He's like, well, I'll get back to you. Oh. And, and it I went on it went on for like months. Yeah. And, and I think and Besson got the opportunity. Eventually he was like, no, nah, I'm gonna pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Besson did eventually get the opportunity to interact with Bruce Willis and hand him the script. And he said yeah. he left him with the script for two hours, came back, and he asked if he would do the movie. And he said, Yeah, he would do it. He'd he'd do it for a reduced salary, but he got a he ended up with a portion of the take from the movie too yeah that's cool but like it feels like what he offers in this is just kind of that smolder <laughs> when everybody else is throwing out such big performances when mila jovovich is is learning to say please help it and she's for sure just to have bruce willis's name in the title that's yeah <laughs> but i don't know if, if there was a different actor in that role would it be more known about today I mean, if there was another actor who put more it. filling and stuff into it, I don't think I would be as interested. Bruce Willis is that that macho guy that you don't expect to emote. Right. No, I I'm a fan for Bruce Willis, don't get me wrong, yeah. but I feel like this movie Right. It it's so big. Yeah. Every the whole world around him that I, I he kind of grays out for me and I just kind of think of everything <laughs> else that happened in the movie. Yeah. Understandable. I like that though because he lets her be in the spotlight and he doesn't have to be That's in your face. It's also Besson's like approach to strong women. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants females in his movies to be strong characters. That makes sense. Although you know the whole underlying theme is that she needs love and to yeah. have the weapon activated. Take them home later on yeah. and marry him. Dude, if I, I like was driving, that thought pattern, though. <laughs> I mean, it's showing that women can be strong, but. They also need support without it being so right there. Right. When she's saying, please help, and she's wording it, trying to figure out how <laughs> yeah. to mouth it, please help. Sounds like the a- first time she says it, I'd be fucking, okay, yeah, we're, we're out of here. <laughs> yeah. I would not be able to, I get the, the, that was nothing Finger's phone call set up, is that he had one point left on his license, which yeah. could have been set up in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> which, if, because if, he, he like rips that cord out of the cop car's vehicle thrashes them around, drags yeah. them for a minute, takes off, and, like, that's one point. <laughs> yeah. Is it just one point for that? Because if that's so, how did he lose all those <laughs> other points? Well, he made it clear that he needed a six-month overhaul on the taxi, so this probably wasn't the first time he drove as recklessly. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is also after being filled with bullet holes and... Yeah. <laughs> Having a giant hole smashed through your roof. <laughs> he made it clear he wasn't a very good taxi driver. We kind of skipped over the beginning uh, when they the, when they first discover the 
Oh, the, the, sci- the scientist and yeah, the priest. And and, it and starts out like Luke way Perry's in the past. bit role. Why is Luke Perry in it? <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's what made Mursko stay there for the first five minutes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> huh. And then they got very let down on it. Luke got uh, Amanda Showman killed. I don't care. Luke Perry was part He's of still a. Hot. He was part of a 15 minute prequel at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> Rest in peace, Luke Perry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. It is also very interesting that he was kind of a big name at the time too. How did he agree to such a minor part in the film rather than just say no at all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he had any movies though, right? Maybe was I, Buffy out by then? He had like 97? a bit more on that one too. Luke, what? Buffy the Vampire Killer. He was in that one for a couple of minutes. He the was. series or the movie? The movie. Oh, maybe the okay the movie. And then I can't remember him in any. My mind immediately went to the series, and I'm like, he wasn't in that. <laughs> it, it is interesting because he he still was a pretty popular name to yeah. take on that role and not like play like a bad I, guy he might throughout have just, the movie. He or, might have just had the yeah. mindset to get his face out there as much as possible at the time. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It was kind of a good gag though when he's. He's supposed to be, I guess, documenting the, the what they find. <laughs> right. I guess he's the the artist that's drawing. Yeah, but... all the symbols and stuff the archaeologist is finding. Did you check as he's asking? What what is the little boy's name? That's what I was getting ready to say. Aziz go. Light. <laughs> yeah, that's all he's writing is how many times he yells Aziz Light. Yeah, <laughs> just checking him off each time. <laughs> that was funny. I guess they filmed the exterior in Africa in, right. in a. Uh, a country near like Morocco, right? Yeah, right. And they used like people from the area, like, right? The extras. kid, the kids you see running around are kids that live there. And then on the interior, they film it in in England, and they just kind of casted kids to look like those kids right. on yeah. the inside. And it's very noticeable, but it's yeah. it's like so fast you probably don't register it. Right. That was cool though, how he was using that that metal uh, sheet for the light to bounce the light from the entrance to right. where it was, was like looking. it was like a big metal serving yeah. kind of thing. That was clever. I missed that the first time I've seen it. Really? Yeah. Just the idea of how they were doing that. <laughs> I like the kid's eyes as it goes down. It's like is yeah, this yeah. me with the light? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you, Aziz. It's much better. He's just what? <laughs> <laughs> the aliens look great in this. Every one of them. The costume works on point. The model works on point. They just yeah. had like the best artists in every Yeah. It was a nightmare for them to wear those costumes. I'll bet. They could not see anything. There was like the only way they were able to see anything was they actually had to put little monitors inside the costumes for the actors in the suits to look at the monitor and see where they were going. How expensive must that have been to make that? <laughs> there must have been at least six uh, personal assistants the, on radios telling them the people where to the walk suits, as well. Yeah. People in the suits had to be like six and a half feet tall. Oh, God. They had to have six, like nine. A, they had to have like a certain shaped forehead. They had to have like a sloping forehead. The well, way that the... was for the the other aliens, the, the Mangalorks. Oh, was yeah. that the one they were talking yeah. about? Okay. They had to have the sloped heads, but the the, the Mandalorians had to be six nine. Yeah, the they had to be like super tall. Yeah. The Mandalorians reminded me of um, what was the one on Doctor Man- Who that was? Sorry, those are so hard to say. Well, they don't take their helmets off because <laughs> Baby Yoda get them. But the ones on Doctor Who, they're always trying to take over. The, oh, um, what are those names? Daleks, so that's what they remind me. Not the Dialects. I mean, I, that's they're in there too. But I'm picturing the uh, the big fat conehead guys. Yeah, huh. that was a good movie too. Big fat conehead guys <laughs> with the Honorable Judge Reinhold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, damn it. <laughs> Character design was very good. Yes. yes. 
Especially the, I know they're not called, the Mangalores, I think they're called. The, the goblinish looking ones that right. were doing yeah. the deal with Zorg. Those look amazing. And that's, that's costume. The, one, the ones that just always wanted to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. For 90s, that's tough. That's yeah. tough to, you know, like have any kind of alien race in science fiction in the 90s look good today. I think those I, guys would look good in a movie today, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think they look better than the aliens they had on Men in Black with some of them. Well, a lot of Men in Black was the CG. Yeah. And they, but that's not what they were doing. They actually made those costumes, which is amazing. Right. It always looks better when it's practical. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Another beautiful part to filmmaking is when they can make those decisions where it looks real because it is real. It's not, <laughs> you know, all that extra green screen stuff, yeah. extra post-processing that takes a year for the film to finish because they got to move a character 30 seconds. Because you, you kind of get an idea watching this. It's, it's such like a – it just – envelops the late 90s but you get an idea of where cg was at at the time when they're rebuilding lilu yeah that is probably <laughs> the only sequence in this movie that looks tough yeah like it does not work <laughs> but even still for the time that was great <laughs> yeah but but for today it's not but everything else is like they're yeah. on point with this this yeah. movie it's just that's the one scene that kind of lacks for me yeah now did, it, still wasn't, to- it still wasn't bad it's just Today they could have done it better. Yeah, but the worst one is is when they're reconstructing the skull. I couldn't even tell what I was looking at. I thought I was looking at a screen showing something, but that's yeah. just how fake the, the the claws looked. Yeah, it's just mind boggling that these these suits that the Mondos are wearing yeah. are over nine feet tall, and little tiny little Lilu came out of those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we're to understand that they're genetically superior, perfect humans. But why are they wearing these suits? Or was she just recreated to the technology they had? I had because a question it was similar? about that, too. Yeah, I wasn't sure. When, when that glove came back, I, I wasn't sure where the glove even came from. I must have missed the part. That was the ship that crashed. Okay. The, and then they stole the case. The other but they, shot down. Yeah, they, they cut her hand off because her hand was the, the handle was missing from the box that Zor got from oh, the mercenaries. Okay. I liked how they have it like in this this case, <laughs> like they're all super scientists. You have to assume and like space yeah. age technology, and it's like we found this, so we kept it on rocks. <laughs> like there's just a bunch of dirty rocks in the case with the arm, <laughs> perfectly preserved. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we're we're to assume every one of the Mandashoans had just like a Lilu esque looking person inside. I would imagine so. Yeah, which speaks to their their. Their They're race being... is supposed to be the perfect beings, I guess, right? Yeah. I guess so. That sounds Whatever a little they too are. eugenics for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not my man to show ones. <laughs> we'll get an editing. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get that in post. <laughs> oh, man. Where are we at here? I'm only on my first. I have like eight pages of notes. Really? Eight in. pages? So this tells us that you really took a lot from the movie yeah i took it all in dude everybody spoke <laughs> to me in a deeper way general was it general malone the one with the weird Fu man shoe stash yeah he's my dude <laughs> general monroe he, he's the one that when they're reconstructing lilu's like oh well he better have a good personality or i'm gonna blast him and then like he's tapping on the glass and taunting her the, the part where he's like she's she's butt naked on the table I'm going to need pictures. <laughs> yeah. It just, the way he read the line seemed creepy. For the archives. Yeah, for the archives. 
You're a creep. I thought he was. Dead. I thought they killed him early in the movie. When he was frozen, I yeah. didn't understand that. Either. That's a dead person we're looking at, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I could have swore he looked very dead. Yeah, <laughs> because but, Bruce Willis shut the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Near, the no begin- near the beginning of the movie, it looked like he had a double. There was a scene where it looked like there was two of them. He was there after that. He was in the movie after that scene. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I thought he died early and then yeah, he comes yeah, back. Yeah, because the freezer scene seemed very final, but in the last yeah, few yeah. scenes, he was there. Yeah, he pops up again next to the president. It's like, how are you back? <laughs> <laughs> he gave us that basic trope for Bruce Willis. Like, oh, it has to be you because of the elite military squad. You're the only one left alive. It's like, of course he is. It's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be. Now, you know, let, let's think. Well, Rambo logically. was the last of his squad. And yeah. Bruce Willis is the last of his squad. I mean, it's when you're the last of your hero. squad, though, Bob, does does that really make you the best? It sounds like you did the worst job because you got everyone survivor. else killed. That, well, that did implies you, did you get them killed, or did you finish the job they couldn't finish? I think you just worked the radios. And everyone <laughs> the Digital Domain was the company that did all the models, and I thought those were amazing. Yeah, the uh, Flashed in Paradise. Yeah, that that ship. I guess weighed set like seven thousand five hundred pounds for that oh, model. Yeah. yeah, I guess at the time it was one of the biggest made too. So yeah, another record setter. I thought that was all just CG. Did anybody notice when it showed like the cityscape that there was like a couple of clock towers? How great is that? You know what the clock towers were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were pocket watches. Yeah, they're hanging <laughs> off the buildings when yep. right when Lilu escapes. Um, right when she busts out, she like busts through some. It looks like aluminum foil. It looks like a tinfoil wall. Yeah, but <laughs> she gets out onto the onto the building on the outside, and it, it, that's probably my favorite visual of the whole movie. Yeah, when she's actually looking out into the city up in the skyline. I like when the train went down past her. Yep, the and, ver- vertical train. But the buildings <laughs> to their left has these have these clocks hanging off the sides of them, and it is just pocket watches. Yep. <laughs> It's awesome. It looks so great. It shows yeah. you the scale of the models in a way where you can appreciate what they did and also doesn't take you out of it. Yeah. It looks perfect. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene was great. I love, the, I love that part where the train went down right past her and like scared the hell out of her for a second. Yeah. Her jumping off the building looks great. For 97, yeah. it looks great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you consider all that extra stuff they had to do for a typical sci-fi film, that held up so well. Yeah. The a lot of were, movies, it doesn't. Something actually confused me about that scene because they had the police in the building that were chasing her. They chased her all the way up to the ledge through the vents and all that. And then you had the police car show up on the outside of the building. But they didn't seem to know anything about the situation. They just said, we need a, uh, a flyer out here. They're, they're scanning her face, trying to figure out who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think they, the two different police organizations might have communicated with each other. To right. Someone, someone's trying to escape there. Well, wasn't one <laughs> almost like a secret black ops government agency I, thing? And yes. then all of a sudden, the regular police are handling the, the capture? It's yeah. Yeah, it seemed like the military and the police were working on two different levels, too. Yeah, they weren't communicating at all. Like, the police were almost kind of working for Zorg. Right, yeah. Well, Zorg did employ half of the planet, it seemed like. Is that, okay. Yeah, because he sends the police to to arrest Corbin. When they come in and they get that guy, it's like, smoke you! The (laughs) psychopath down the hall. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the original line wasn't smoke you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was a little dub there. Yeah. It was interesting, Zorg's hand in every bit of it, because he fired Corbin. He was one of the one million employees he decided to let go on a whim when his assistant was coming through and said something about layoffs of near 500,000 people. And he he said, you know, we have lesser companies that really the impact won't be known. And then Zorg just looks at him and says, I want one million. 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put the two and two together. I thought he got fired because you had one point left on your license. <laughs> no, uh, he didn't even get to that point yet because he never turned in the cab like he should have. Oh, okay. You know, when Finger was calling and he was telling him, I met the perfect girl and all yeah, that. Dude, that yeah, awkward yeah, exchange. Finger. That awkward exchange. That was the awkward moment for me right there. It's bad. It's like Bruce Willis was like, people really like it when I talk about girls over the phone. They told me on Die Hard. Which is, again, I didn't like that scene. I know it's supposed to be the best scene in Die Hard. And he's like, oh, man, tell my wife. Like he, oh, they really like when I do this. No, no, yeah. we don't. Because <laughs> he goes from being his boss to basically like, okay, you destroyed his, the taxi, but she's hot. I think his female fans like that. <laughs> I don't know. Did they, Sylvia? <laughs> yeah. She just got a big grin when I said that. So. <laughs> yeah. It is a romantic comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Which kind of, it's kind of awkward. Because, I mean, they don't know each other for a very long time. It's really a matter of days. But he was looking yeah. for the perfect that's girl. And every single romance you hear. She crashes into his cab. She cries, please help. And tells him to bring her to the priest. So he goes, he finds the priest, he brings her there. And immediately, he's trying to kiss this passed out girl. Yeah, he he does a Which sex Which was kind of an actual assault. <laughs> that scene, that's, that's that scene really unacceptable. <laughs> that scene really stuck out to me too because it's like as soon as the gun comes up, she's like, "I I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> yeah, I, I was clearly in the wrong. <laughs> I was jealous of the lunch guy. I want somebody to fly up to my window and give me lunch. Oh, the Taiwan restaurant. Yeah, Man, I that was that awesome. So bad. That was awesome. <laughs> I loved that. That's a part of the future we need to happen. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was at a restaurant, and then he just takes off out his window. <laughs> I need an apartment like that. At first, I'm like, oh, his apartment sucks. <laughs> oh, that's dope. The restaurants come to you. He does have a tiny little TV, though. Did you see his TV? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You couldn't live with that. No. I do love the whole sci-fi aesthetic of, of the apartment, though. It was a really interesting idea of just, like, you'd imagine a shipping crate. How small and compacted everything was. That yet is yeah. very was still much highly like functional. Some apartments are in China. Yeah, there I've are seen actually images a lot of, real of apartment buildings in China where it's you're living in a closet. Yeah, but it's a fully functional closet. <laughs> you have, I mean, there's kitchen, dining area, everything just folds away. And other, oh, I love other, that shit. Other things fold out. Yeah, yeah. you start <laughs> the bed drop into the floor, and then all of a sudden it's replaced by a, a dining Listen, room table. You love yeah, the yeah. idea <laughs> of that. If you had to live in something like that, you would have pulled it off the wall, smashed it, threw it out the window. It wouldn't have last that long. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Exactly. <laughs> if you're playing a video game and you get angry and you throw your controller down and get up to walk away, you walk three feet away. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Speaking of that, when when they're on the Flushton or they're heading to the Flushton Paradise, they're on that uh, transport ship, and it's like there's three crew members in this room. <laughs> uh, helm to 108. Okay, and then he steps one like step to the left and just helm to 108 screams at the other guy. Yeah. Okay, they're all in the <laughs> tiny little closet room, <laughs> and that guy was so casual, like, yeah, he's yelling at me. Okay. okay. I'll do it, man. It's 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 like a perfect analogy for how it really is in, in positions like that. Yeah. Lower management. They gotta <laughs> say it through the microphone to the person or it's not official. Right. <laughs> Gary Oldman is great in this though. I mean it's so hard to believe that's that's Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Zorg is Commissioner Gordon from the Dark Knight trilogy. But man, to play the antagonist. And never interact with the protagonist. He didn't like the idea of this movie. He didn't want to be. He didn't really want to be in it. He did it as a favor to the director. Well, yeah, he he got a, a hefty sum of money 
for his film that he directed. So he's like yeah. really obligated at that he was, point. He was kind of paying him back to be in it. The the interview on because I, I watched the VHS on uh, YouTube of behind the scenes that would come with a special edition of the video. Yeah, right. and they 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 said they were just really good friends from it. But he did make right. it clear that he got a donation and support for his film, so he really felt obligated to his friend. Is what he said to yeah, take care of. It was a a film about like an English lower class family called Nil by Mouth. Yeah. It yeah. was some sort of mob-based movie of a crime family. And I didn't watch it. I didn't either. <laughs> but, you know, the behind-the-scenes told me all I needed to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't take it you're going to go watch that movie anytime soon, huh? Me, no. <laughs> but isn't that interesting, though? He He's the main villain, and somehow he never interacted with Bruce Willis. Not once, yeah. They never shared any dialogue. He never made it clear that, hey, I was the guy who let you go from the cab company that I owned. Yeah. Bruce Willis never even was like, oh, Zork was the company I worked for. There was never, even on the on, on the hotel ship and, and whatever wherever they were, it was like, you know, they never ran across each other. Yeah. Well, because it, it's almost like, it's almost kind of like a romantic comedy, but instead of like, it seems like Bruce is playing the female role usually. <laughs> and, and. Mila is is usually the male role, like the spy or the the soldier. Yeah, like she's the action hero. She's the one who's going to beat Zorg, <laughs> even though it ends up being not I, that way. But she's the one that right. fights Zorg in a way. Yeah, he's just kind of falling in love with her. She fell into his lap. Yeah. She's the action. <laughs> but she said it at one point. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, where she's going to protect him. She's yeah. the supreme being. She am, is the I supreme, am supreme being. being. Yeah, I, I protect you. But think about it. You're Bruce Willis, man. You've jumped off Nakatomi Plaza. You've been through hell and back, you know. Wouldn't it be nice if a girl just said they'd protect you for once? Yeah. Like, like for real. Isn't that nice? That sounds nice. Yeah. He was, he was what, three or four diehards in at that point. Yeah. He, had, he, he needed a break, you know. He needs someone to do, do some stunts for him. That's his character, man. That's his wheelhouse <laughs> is just being the guy that's just... Just almost too tired to do it. Yeah. <laughs> He's always exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of has that average guy look. Yeah. I love that line. We're lucky if they don't chase you after a mile, they don't chase you. That's like such an East Coast thing yeah. to say. <laughs> you just drove right into, a, right into a wall of cops. How many different like versions of that have you heard just in your life? Like, yeah. No, man, trust me. They can't chase you over city lines. Or yeah. <laughs> just always some bullshit rule that doesn't really... Yep. Fly. <laughs> I also loved his quote. That's yeah. where he's from. He's from East Coast. He's from New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. He he speaks very East Coast because, you know, as all of us being native on the East Coast, the quote he said, I only speak two languages, English and bad English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's something we hear every day too. Yeah. 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 He's not from the East Coast. Though. But he plays he plays a New Yorker very well. That's where he was raised. Like he couldn't be president. No. Because he's not he's, from America. He's no, from Germany. Yeah, he was born in Germany. Yeah. And he's playing like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed kind of guy. Right. And did y'all notice the book next to his bed? It's a bad look. No, I didn't notice. <laughs> there's a scene where he's laying back on his bed, and there's like a couple of books thrown next to it. And one of them's titled Adolf. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's a little Nazi. Although he mostly just kind of looks like Duke Nukem. It's just weird <laughs> stuff I, I read about him that I never realized or, or even had trouble believing. Like he was like he was student class president. 
Man. Oh yeah, I saw that when too. He was in school, I couldn't believe that. I'm he like, really? Super nerdy. You don't seem like that character, that kind of person. <laughs> Some of the factoids that came out in this, I, I watched it on the Ultimate Edition, yeah, uh, DVD from like with, 2004. With the little facts that pop up on the bottom, of yeah, the screen yeah. During the movie. And some of them were kind of annoying. Like it's yes. hard to watch the movie when those are popping up. Some of them are like totally unrelated to the movie. It's like, oh, notice how the alarm clock says March 18th. That's the director's birthday. And then all it's like, also Bruce's birthday is March 19th. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm stuck reading these damn facts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and of course, everything you ever hear ever about a fact about Bruce Willis has to bring up. Also, he used to work at a bar. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I think actors used to work everywhere in yeah. all kinds of different professions called, before they got their break. Yeah, it's called being an actor in a city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many actors didn't work in bars or work as waitresses or waiters? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've had to make a, like a, a cheat sheet list here. I got Corbin Dallas. Lilu Minai Lakata Raib Lamanatka Desabat. Wow, that's a mouthful. Or Lilu. Father Cornelius. Uh, I think it's either Billy or David is his, like, his, I don't know how, better way to say this, but other than his boy that he has with (laughs) him. Yeah, because didn't he, uh, he went by David at the airport. Well, don't don't all priests have boy servants? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just, I mean, curious i don't know if i want to <laughs> walk into this with you that's where you were going road. <laughs> uh zorg general monroe and ruby rod are like the only names i knew i was going to talk about tonight yeah. yeah ruby rod as a personality like chris tucker's natural element dude i couldn't imagine anybody else doing his part no i all. wouldn't want to see prince do it no no i wanted his wardrobe I was very jealous of that black ensemble with all the roses what about on it. That hairdo in the beginning, the first time you actually That thing looked like it. a red nana. Are you talking about the one that looks like Egon? Where it's like a blonde cone out the front? Yeah. With the, white, the blonde white yeah. cone of hair. That was not okay. Yeah, that was kind of a phallic symbol on his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, at least we all see what we want to see. Well. <laughs> and I saw some like Nazi stuff. So I guess we, <laughs> yeah. we all see what we want. No. Hmm. No, it, it, dude, go back and watch. It, the book next to his bed is titled Adolf. Wow. And he and it it's a choice to get him blonde, I guess. Yeah, but you didn't read the smaller text underneath. It said baby Sucks. it said book no. of baby names. Oh, oh, oh. That was that's just starting at the beginning of the alphabet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think, think that's, that's a... in any baby name book <laughs> I, I wouldn't choose it. it was... No. <laughs> there was what uh a court case like about 10 15 years ago because somebody tried to name their child Adolf and they were making him change it. <laughs> wow, yeah, so you guys know that Bruce Willis is the typical action guy. I think he actually got his shining moment in one of the scenes, you know, when uh, yeah. when it came time for negotiations. I love that, right? Scene, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. You mind I if love- I give it a try? <laughs> So sarcastic, because obviously I'm dealing with this. You're just here. The dude from Mouse Hunt. I don't know yeah, his yeah. name. Uh, but, yeah. And then then we get the president's reaction. when, it, Like, right after. Th- that's great in this movie. The smash cuts of everybody else's reactions. Yeah. Anybody else want to negotiate? And then it cuts right to the president. Where, wonder where he learned that. And that's when we find out that General Monroe is still alive. Yeah. And he kind of, like, shrugs his shoulders. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe he did anything cool like that ever in his whole life. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but still. That was what epic. about that brolic beast of a woman he was going to send send with him to 
Floss in Paradise. This is your wife. <laughs> you look she just steps forward, clicks her heels. <laughs> was she the same one from uh, Dodgeball? Felt like it. Maybe, yeah. Very, she looked very similar. It could be. <laughs> I did like the one mashup. I got, I got the same vibe off of her as, as the woman in Matilda. Trunchable? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when it's... Because uh, they had that great bit where... the. Everyone's trying to get on the the ship to go to the paradise location because Corbin won the the tickets. So they're all kind of pretending to be Corbin. But when the one guy, Zorg's henchman, shows up, it's already after Corbin's on. And he's like, no, I'm Corbin. But that's impossible. I want to speak to someone. This is like the fourth person claiming to be him now. He calls Zorg. That's some great Gary Oldman stuff right there, though. I'm disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) It's so dark. Hey, but he he blows him up, right? Um, what were we talking about? Why did I? <laughs> I don't know, man. Dang it! What did we just say before I brought him up? Are you are you saying that you you love that about Zorg? That was that was one of his quirks that made him a a very interesting bad guy. Is, is this what you're trying to reach for? No. Because well, we were talking about everybody who wanted to be Corbin, right? Oh, oh! I was talking about the the crescendo of all those things at once. It was it was the ship lifting off, right? Right, the ship's getting ready to take off. It's it's Ruby Rod just giving it to one of them uh, stewardesses or, or whatever, and it's the henchman talking on the phone, all building at the same time for him to explode, ship take off, and her legs just ah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I love that shit in movies when it's like three different, four different things all happening at once. Right, they're all synced and they all kind of crescendo at once. <laughs> that that gets me. I don't know what that's called. I'm sure there's a word for that, but. I appreciate it. I preach is what <laughs> I'm trying to say. It was a good say. sequence of scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. All built up at once and then just... <laughs> that explosion, though, I guess the stuntmen didn't time it super well. So if you watch, they're getting engulfed in flames. They, yeah. It didn't yeah. go right. They, they didn't get hurt from it. But, right. Know, they were definitely engulfed by the fire. And then the, the next one, when, when Corbin throws the sticky bomb at the at the ceiling to catch yeah. the aliens atop, that, that explosion was so big that they actually had to evacuate the studio. Yep. And so they could control the fire. The fire went out of control. Yeah. I think it took 20 minutes for them to actually make that one. Yeah. Subdue the fire. To put the fire out, yeah. That's why the French don't fund them. Actually, they said movies, that was one of, the big, one, one of the biggest indoor explosions ever ever done at the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good record to have. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gautier. Jean-Paul Gautier is the one that designed the costumes all here. All the outfits, yeah. Also the one who designed Madonna's cone bra. He did the outfits for all the extras in the movie. I mean, all of the outfits, literally. Yeah, it's awesome. And individually checked every extra's outfit to mm-hmm. make sure everything was perfect. Were the stewardesses supposed to be from the same planet, or were they just going with the same kind of look? Because it irritated me. They gave me big Pokey Center vibes. He, the director, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> what I read said the director interviewed thousands of models to play the stewardesses. Really? Like thousands. He interviewed thousands of models to play the sewers. And when it all was said and done and all the ones that he picked for the movie, they, they afterwards they realized that they all had frickles. Yes. It irritated the <laughs> hell out of me. Like I kept looking at them. I was like, are they supposed to be from the same, same place? planet or are they just this guy just really likes this type of looking woman? <laughs> It's just irritating. Yeah, I hated in, it. In real life, he handpicked the model, so that must be the type of woman he likes. Yeah, because <laughs> and, I don't and know. then he goes and marries Mila Jovovich, who has no freckles. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's on me. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack right there, I tell you. 
it was, <laughs> but I mean, it was kind of weird because I can't even think of how many women that are of a light, beautiful coloring that have those kind of freckles. I usually just think Irish, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. What was interesting to me is how their costumes change. Yeah. At first, there's like these slits above their boobs, and I'm like, well, okay, cool, man. <laughs> they can't just wear a shirt. And then when they're getting ready to take off, then the top cover of their shirts leave and it's just cleavage. Like they have to get into their their flight <laughs> garb, which is just ripping the tops of their shirts off. I don't know. Maybe it was different. Like different positions had different uniforms. Maybe. Like greeters were had, see- had one outfit and the, the stewardesses had another. I don't know. The Mondo Shawins. I'm sure we're saying that wrong now. Probably. Oh, totally. <laughs> we've. I think we've lost it as we went on. Oh yeah. Or I have. Let's go with the Mondos. Yeah, the Mondos. <laughs> mm. Dirty Mondos. Now we can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> now you ruined that. But they they actually have different spikes compared to their rank. The more spikes they have on their backs, the higher rank they are. Huh. Apparently. That's interesting. How great was the diva? I love the diva. Great. Well. <laughs> Very interesting character. Yeah. <laughs> she's a weird presence. Yeah, no doubt. Almost creepy. They're all treating her almost like she's a godly presence. I feel like if I watched this as a kid, I would be afraid of that character. Really? Yeah. I feel like she has foresight. Like she has the power of foresight. Because the things she says. She did yeah. have four mystical stones inside of her body. Yeah. 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 Well, that just means you have a really strong stomach. How, how, did, how did they? How? How? I mean, how would they have explained that? <laughs> They're so big. How did they get them into her stomach? I'm sure. It's, you know how snakes have that tiny little jaw, but somehow it just expands just and they get like twice as big. I yeah. feel like that's her power too. Now that I can picture her unhinging her jaw, I'm for sure I'm going to have nightmares. About her. <laughs> But all, that, the, all the tentacles everywhere. Yeah. That's kind of a sci-fi trope in itself, though. The, the blue female alien being the entertainer slash psychic-y character. Yeah. Yeah. The clairvoyant of some sort. Yeah, I yeah. feel like in Mass Effect, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Pit Element. It's a thing. Yeah. Farscape. Farscape, yeah. another one. Probably yeah. rattle off a couple more if we think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but man, yeah. I, I still don't know uh, why the stones were were inside of her like that. It's a great place to hide it, but man, I feel like because they said that they trusted her, that she knew that if something happened to him, everyone was dying. So that was the safest place that she could think of was in herself. And she knew that Lilo was there. Yeah, when she right. showed up, she sent like a, one of her handmaidens to go tell her the message. Right. I think that. So that that song when it breaks into like the '90s dance kind of vibe and the end, Jack swing stuff, and then she's fucking everybody up. That's that's my favorite scene in this movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's the best sequence in this movie for me. I still love the the negotiation. I, I felt that's like great. that was clear and cut. Results were gained. Yes. We we got somewhere in that negotiation. <laughs> he does say right before it happens, he's like, "We got to find the leader. You take out their leader, they won't fight." Yeah. <laughs> That is a huge kink in your armor, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big weakness. <laughs> that's just one guy. You think of that one guy, all the other guys put their guns down? Yeah, they, they were they, they folded pretty easily, know. didn't they? Like, <laughs> yeah. As soon as their leader went down, they weren't ready to fire their gun. I was like, oh. Uh, just kind of looked at each other like, oh, Boss oh, is gone. What oh, we do, oh. boys? I mean, isn't that what it is when you kill the king? 
<laughs> Most of them just give up after the king's dead. Well, <laughs> to be fair, to take over. Oh yeah, well, I can understand how those those aliens <laughs> kind of probably hated each other because they all seem to be arguing and fighting with each other all, all the time. All they like to do is fight. They also weren't too bright during the weapons you would, test. You would resort. think oh, if the leader yeah. was killed, that the next person would just immediately hop up and go, "Hey, I'm the boss now." Yeah, I guess they have what? no like chain of command. What yeah. did Zork say? <laughs> You know how I, something like you know how I could tell if somebody's a killer. Oh they yeah. They need to ask what the red button was. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't either. But I thought that was pretty funny. You hit that red button under the gun. <laughs> you know that was almost a sign of dominance for Zorik, but then he kept screwing up. Yeah. Yeah, he's and not. And eventually, got himself killed. No. <laughs> you want him to be either funny, which he's he's off. Yeah. I don't know if he's funny. I did like the scene with him and, and Father Cornelius, though. When that was good. He breaks the glass. That was a great little monologue there, talking about look at all this life, look at look at all these things happening. Again, you think he's going to assert some dominance, and he's going to yeah. be this imposing evil guy, and then he chokes on a cherry. <laughs> yep. What a pissant thing to do, huh? Choke on a cherry in your water. Who just throws a cherry in their water. You're sitting there threatening somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your robot to pat you on the back? That was great. <laughs> Cornelius was great. I, I, Ian Holm, is that the, who played him? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Not the typical kind of priest, huh? No. Not the one who's dead set on a holy mission and taking it seriously. He entrusts the key to David or whatever his name is. And clearly he's not competent enough for the job <laughs> oh, either. <God>. No. <laughs> I, but somehow he had a position next to the president during that meeting about the, we haven't even really talked about it a lot, Mr. Shadow, the, the great ancient evil yeah when they were initially trying to figure out if they should communicate or shoot it yeah i feel like it's more of a democracy like on star trek and star wars where every single planet has to be have a voice that's what i was wondering like was (laughs) was there a a representative from each religion sitting there is that what we were saying i think so like each group they didn't get into everybody in the room, so I don't know. Yeah, but when we see Cornelius's apartment, he's not living the lap of luxury of a religious leader. He actually, well, looks like he's kind of he's kind of high on the hog. I you thought. might have to argue that. I mean, look at Corbin's yeah. apartment compared yeah. to his. I, I guess yeah. If you want to look at it, <laughs> his, that his way. place is a palace compared to Corbin's apartment. <laughs> but I mean, we're supposed to picture Corbin as like a. A military guy. He's not going to have anything crazy. He's going right. to have like what he needs. Yeah, minimal. That's closet yeah, closet full of guns. A religious person <laughs> isn't supposed to have an earthly possession. That's true too. Cornelius has just like our fridge that we have. You <laughs> notice that his fridge is just like a fridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want that microwave though. What oh yeah, the Lilo's using whatever she put that. I, I <laughs> you know, don't know. The I sounds want the that she made. And <laughs> she pulled that tray out of that microwave. It was like, like tiny, <laughs> and then it expanded into this full course Thanksgiving dinner. That's what kind of that made me mad great. about. I think that's nothing that bothered me about Bruce Willis in this movie is is she's playing almost like a childlike innocence, right. and he's just kind of a grubby old man, Dad. <laughs> and he needs to get off of her. He kisses her while she's sleeping, and she's doing these things that are like mm, yum yum, big bada boom, bada boom, big. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't want to fuck her. <laughs> I, then I, again, I'm she's... getting. She's cunning. She knew the stones weren't with her. She was the decoy. Yeah. I just don't see the connection between her and Bruce. <laughs> I get, yeah, I mean, right, end, I mean, all the way up to the end where he says, you know, I love you to her. But, I mean, yeah. and that was how they strange. knew each other for three days. I mean. Yeah. I was half expecting <laughs> really? some kind of, like, Arthur Fonzarelli shit at the end where he's like, say it! 
I I was waiting for him to say something stupid like I think that. this is just teenage Destin saying, leave her alone. Don't torture her. Which that's, I don't know. I get like paternal vibes for her. <laughs> like, I want to take care that's of her. Because, you know what it is? Okay. It, it's because the way she was learning English. Yeah. The way she was learning the language, it, it was coming off sounding like a child first learning to speak. Yeah, it, it, I got and that's, super that's, vibes. I like, think that's like, where that vibe came from. Yeah. I mean, she's still she's still a gorgeous actress. I mean, but in that role, the with with the situation, that's that's the vibe you get. Right. Not like, <laughs> oh, I hope they hook up. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he gets in them guts. Okay. Like that's not at all what I'm thinking. I'll we'll take no... care of this in editing. Yeah, we'll just pop that out. I'm just gonna leave in the guts part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deep in them guts. <laughs> you gotta say it in like a real gross way. <laughs> Sorry, woman. What you're saying? <laughs> There's nowhere to go from there. Uh, is there nowhere to go from here? We didn't cover everything. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Anything, Bob? Anybody? What was what was with the mountain of garbage at the airport? So yeah, that was weird, right? I know what it's about because there's a deleted scene that explains yeah. it, but. They leave it in in a weird way. Even the way it comes up when she's like, oh, I'm sorry about the mess. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's for sure like, yeah, what are you talking about? You haven't introduced it to us at all. Yeah. But there's a deleted scene where the garbage workers are on strike. Right. And they deleted it, which has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yeah. So that was a weird choice. I don't know. As far as Bruce Willis falling for her, I think this movie would have been better like for that to fit in better. It needed to be longer or be like... I mean, this, this movie really could have been like a miniseries. It could have been hours long. Yeah, it could they, have been. If they expand, three movies. expanded on stuff, yeah. Yeah, the other two scripts he wrote, I don't know. It seemed like it was kind of just compressed for time, and, and a lot of things got left out. So but, when you get to the end and he's like, I love you, it's like, well, damn, dude. Yeah. The, the first <laughs> movie should have been dealing with the Mangalores, I think. The second movie should right. have been dealing with Zord, and the third movie should have been finishing off the evil, is what I think it should have been. Or first maybe first then, movie, I think, should have been more like a prequel, like the first time it happened. I wouldn't watch that. No? <laughs> no, that was boring. It was part of the movie. With the Luke Perry part? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't need more Luke Perry. Heck, that could have been expanded on. Huh? <laughs> I think it was a cheeseburger at you if I had one. <laughs> you wow. know James is a vegetarian. That is hurtful. <laughs> is that hate crime? If someone's a vegetarian, you throw a cheeseburger at Probably. them? Probably. so, yeah. I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah. So, you're on notice. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I know we kind of touched on that, but favorite scene, Bob, yours, or no, James, God. yours was the negotiation. Oh, yeah, negotiation. That's a good one. <laughs> For me, it is, it, it's Lilu fighting during the, the, the diva singing. That was the, great. <laughs> that was dope. That was great. I don't know. If I were to pick one, I'd probably go, I don't know. I like the scene in the cab where she was begging him to help. <laughs> Yeah, she, that moves you, man. She was first first learning how to speak words, and she's like obviously good at it. All she did was look at his picture and knew how to say help. Yeah, <laughs> but that, that was that was it created feelings. <laughs> yeah, because you knew she was in trouble. You're like begging. He's, he's Bruce like kind of mumbling off. to himself. I can't. I got too many points. Yeah. She just keeps saying it, and the last time she said it, she got that tear rolling down her eye. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Mine's your scene. I like the opera with everything. 
She likes the beginning of the opera. I was going to say, you like yeah. the beginning of the opera. Huh? I like the beginning of it. It's, I like seeing beautiful. Bruce Willis with the tears going down his face. Oh, yeah, where he's like getting it. Yeah, yeah. he was like feeling it. Again, <laughs> that, that was like everybody's initial reactions. They they weren't their characters at that point. They were just like surprised people that, holy crap, this is not just speakers. This is her actually singing. Yeah. yeah. The, my favorite line or moment from, from Bruce or Corbin is when when they're trying to get him to take the mission is in his apartment, and Monroe says, "We heard you lost your job," and he just kind of turns to him. You heard that, huh? But the way he says it was so accusatory and had so much venom in it, and yeah. he kind of backs off from it. But <laughs> just that moment was so cool for me. Like, yeah. The, like yeah, he's about ready to kill everybody in this apartment, and then no, he just backs right back down from it. And when he opened up the envelope, the whatever his position was, the guy that opened up the envelope to, for the prize to Plusson's Paradise. Yeah. He goes, oh, you look, you won this prize. <laughs> and whatever he was holding onto on that wall, he just snapped off it the off wall. Because he knows exactly what happened. <laughs> he's like, you rigged the contest? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, he's like restraining himself so much from beating this guy up. <laughs> I loved, I loved uh, kind of a, a bit role, but the, the time when the restaurant, the floating restaurant owner, He's like, come on, read it. And then he reads it from him. You're fired. Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty But he good. got a free lunch. Yeah. yeah. He was just trying to look on the bright side. It's like, oh, yeah. Okay, it's not really uh, not really good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, free lunch. <laughs> Least favorite scene. I think every time Corbin's mom got on the phone. <sighs> I hated was, it. it. made me I thought cringe. she was kind of entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it was another trivial fact, like the spikes on the the Menda Showen's armor, like his mom's never explained like what impact does she have on his life? Clearly he still cares about her to take her phone calls, but it's just a, another super East Coast thing. Yeah. He's a like, really that's... good guy. <laughs> like is he a good guy? Because I mean he clearly only had two points left on it's his like, license by by the start of the movie. Yeah. yeah it's a typical <laughs> guilt trip mother conversation. Yeah. And of course she was saying I wish I had a robot instead of you. So like <laughs> I wish I never pushed you out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that's what every every, you know, kid wants to hear from their parent. <laughs> Least favorite scene though. It, that's that's really tough. I, I don't know. I I feel like there was a lot of strong characters for every scene. I didn't like just it just didn't work for me story wise, but when when the first man to show in it, uh, Luke Perry shoots the gun and it somehow triggers the doors to shut. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. That the aliens opened in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So he's trying to get out, but he's just kind of walking and can't make it to the door. Yeah, that was so he's so big and bulky. I didn't like it because, like, why didn't they just open the door back up? Yeah, and if they're these supreme beings, why do they design these spacesuits that don't allow them to move at all? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that. Uh, Zorg, that scene we talked about with Zorg and the Mangalores, where where they're the red button thing, yeah, and they get ex- they blow up. I didn't see why that needed to be there. Yeah, you know, thinking of least favorite. Well, they had the when, upper hand, and that was his way of getting the upper hand. I suppose when he blew up his uh, associate too, like. You could tell that was coming. There could have been a little bit of a better buildup, I guess, right yeah, there. Yeah, you knew what was happening. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they were like, they made it obvious when he started hitting <clears> the <throat> keypad. Something <clears throat> was happening. But, you know, sometimes when they say, I don't like to be disappointed, that's the punchline. And then explosion. Yeah, but, yeah. I did appreciate the buildup with all those different things happening at that time, though. So yeah. that I get. It irritated me. 
I didn't like that he said there's no way to get on the ship. And, and then you the see monk, Cornelius immediately yeah. getting on the ship. <laughs> yeah. like that That's great. I liked that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it showed like you obviously didn't try that hard. You know, that was actually another favorite scene of mine. That was comedic relief was when uh, one of them uh, – Airplane people were walking through employees, and then he falls out of the ceiling. Is like, Did have we landed? Land? Yeah. Oh, so I thought there was more of those, whatever those things were called, so the space rats or whatever, the parasites, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were whatever in. they were. Yeah, that was a weird scene too, huh? I need heat. Yeah. Give me the heat. It's Just got like the, the reggae drums the going. <laughs> weird music they choices. Would be for my some friends, scenes. I would have taken them home. Is that really the best way to get them off the ship? Is to just shoot flamethrowers into the ship? <laughs> Suppose. <laughs> okay, imagine you work at an airport. If somebody tells you you can use a flamethrower on the tarmac, yeah. anyway, are, are you going to be like, no, nah, that doesn't make sense to me. If I'm scheduled to go on a flight somewhere, and I see people underneath the airplane <laughs> shooting flamethrowers up through the landing gear storage I'm areas, <laughs> I'm not getting on that plane. But to James's point, any reason to use a flamethrower, I'm going to do it. As yeah. an employee, Bob, not as a, you know. <laughs> Working there, yeah. I mean, I see they might enjoy doing that, but it also... doesn't instill a lot of confidence in the, the passengers. What do you want? Rats on the plane? <sighs> do I want fire on the plane? Okay. <laughs> okay. You got a point. I'm not sure. That, that's fair. That's fair. Why are they there? I don't know. Where did what they come are they from? eating? <laughs> Why were we introduced to creatures that had no impact on the story? <laughs> Whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, well, in a movie like this, you kind of appreciate every, every creature you get to see. I couldn't even tell how they, how they moved around. Yeah, did they have legs? Uh, they were just balls with little, they tiny, little short appendages all over them. And I would they, have wanted... They, they just kind of vibrated. <laughs> I felt like we should have saw more on Flushed in Paradise. I wanted to see more like what they do for fun. Yeah. Clearly, everybody was vying for the vacation anyways, and they said it was once in a lifetime. So yeah. like, what they was this offering? explained a little bit. I, I mean, they talked about... Ship. We have... What did he say? That we had 15 pools. <laughs> uh, we go, we, you can go down to the beaches. What is it? For up until 8, 8 p.m. or something. So, I mean, they got into explaining things you could do there so a little bit. So, it's a bit. sandals resort. But the, yeah, yeah. Kinda, pretty much. Yeah. Overall, I wouldn't change a lot of anything about it. Where yeah. I'm nitpicking. I, even the stuff that, like, the and DVD. That's all it is, really, is nitpicking. <laughs> yeah, the DVD nitpicks itself worse than I ever would. It's like, yeah. pay attention when, when, they, when they close back in on these buttons, they're reversed or. <laughs> or watch when, or when she she throws, throws the, the box. box. Yeah, it like points that the, out. The, like, box, whatever, is, the box is rotating counterclockwise when she throws it. <laughs> I, but when you cut I to it flying through about. the air, it's rotating <laughs> clockwise. Yeah. Oh, what's well. more glaring to me is like the oh, you're the last of your unit, last surviving. Like okay, that that's kind of boring to me when it's like some overdone crap like that. Well, yeah. again, it it doesn't impress me. He's the last one. Yeah. There's so many <laughs> questions as to why he was the last one. <laughs> And retired to be a, a cab driver. Yeah. So, yeah, wh why would they think he's the top man to go to? Oh, my wife left with my lawyer. That kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think of a least favorite scene. I've been stalling like a motherfucker. Yeah, I didn't explain anything about his ex-wife. I don't the think there's thing... any need to really pick it apart. No. no. There are inconsistencies, yeah. There are, like, some, why the hell is this placed here, but... It's very rare to see a movie that doesn't have anything little nitpick things. And about. at the end of it, I mean, did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. You got to let stuff like that go. When they, I mean, it's so creative. The, the flying cabs look amazing. Yep. I want one in my lifetime. Yeah. 
The fact that you could park it up straight up and down and just yeah. get down in there like it's a little bad. Dope. <laughs> I wanted it so bad when I saw that. I give it nine out of ten Lilus. <laughs> That's not a perfect score. No. No. Have we reviewed the perfect movie yet? I don't know. Oh, well, it was called First Blood. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think Gladiator we gave a higher score to. Ah, uh, not me. No. <laughs> I think Rocky and First Blood were the highest scores. And now this, I think nine is Jaws. You gave Jaws a really good score. <laughs> even I'm though, sure you, you, even though, you, like even though you hate sharks, Jaws is one of the greatest movies of all time. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> Hated it. <laughs> you you hate the Harry. idea of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. If you like what you heard, or you you disagree with anything we said, which you most likely might, uh, you can email us. It's moviesagainsttime at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, at moviesagainst. Our Twitter handle is at moviesagainst. Just just moviesagainst on Instagram. Oh, there's not, no at? Not at. No. I don't know how to Instagram. It's <laughs> moviesagainst on Instagram. I'm at, I'm at <laughs> Dustin the Holmes on Twitter. <laughs> James is at the James Autumn. Yep. Bob's at the nope, nope. at Bearclaw <laughs> underscore Bob. Right. Sylvia's in the background on a lot of the images posted on Dustin's. <laughs> Hiding. <laughs> she apparently doesn't like social media. Hates it. <laughs> I appreciate everyone out there, but not me. <laughs> if you email us, I will let her see it. She will know. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, you miserable bastard, I should have never pushed you out. <laughs> We're green. Bzz, bzz. Why are you yelling for? Why is everybody always yelling? There's always a bomb going off every five minutes with you people. I'm out of here. That cracked me up, though. When he did, the, the kid's just like, yes, why are you yelling? He's <laughs> so fucking fed up with everything that's been happening. Jacked up Chris Rock against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even talk about when he figured out how to open the stones. Yeah. I like the part where he said, man, you got knocked the fuck out. Oh, yeah. Remember? <laughs> Remember Big Worm wanted his money? <laughs>